Your USA word for fanatic, do they teach you where it comes from? The Latin for temple, its meaning is literally worshiper at the temple. Oh Jesus, now here we go again. It only means the attachment, fanatically. Our attachment are our temple. What we worship, no, what we give ourselves to, what we invest with faith. Are we not all of us fanatics? I say only what you of the USA pretend not to know. Attachments are of great seriousness. Choose your attachments carefully. Choose your temple of fanaticism with great care. What you wish to sing of as tragic love is an attachment not carefully chosen. Die for one person? This is craziness. Persons change, leave, die, become ill. They leave, lie, go mad, have sickness, betray you, die. Your nation outlives you, a cause outlives you. But you assume it's always a choice, conscious decision. Isn't this just a little naive? You sit down with your little accountant's ledger and soberly decide what to love, always? What if sometimes there is no choice about what to love? What if the temple comes to Muhammad? What if you just love without deciding? You just do. You see her and in that instant are lost to sober account keeping and cannot choose but to love. Then, in such an instance, you are a fanatic of desire, a slave to your individual, subjective, narrow self-sentiments, a citizen of nothing. You become a citizen of nothing. You are by yourself, alone, kneeling to yourself. Hello and welcome. I'm Douglas Bowles, and this is 42 Minutes, a weekly conversation with the interesting artists and thinkers of our day, a production of SyncBook Radio and distributed by thesyncbook.com. You can find our archives at 42minutes.com, and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at SyncBook. It's Monday, February 19th, which means Tree Fort, and our March Music Showcase is upon us again. It's the time of year when the show meets up exclusively with the artists performing during the upcoming Tree Fort Music Fest, which occurs in beautiful downtown Boise from March 21st to 25th this year, 2018. We, we of course, have a number of interesting bands lined up and are excited to introduce them to you as always. But first, we will kick off the whole thing with our preview show today by meeting a behind-the-scenes individual who is also a performer, Angel Abaya. Did I say that right? How do you yes, say it? Yes, you did. Okay. Angel Abaya <laughs> works for Treefort as the content creator and PR assistant, and thus her hard work comes through in the fort known as Pressfort. She is also a performer at Treefort in the bands LED and Electric Coconut. LED performs Saturday, March 24th at the El Cora Shrine at 6.40 p.m., and Electric Coconut actually kick off the festival this year at 6 p.m. also at the El Cora Shrine. You also may know Angel from her work with the band Purring Mantis opening this year's Mostly Muff offering. I'm thankful Angel could take the time out of her busy schedule to chat with us today. How are you doing today, Angel? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm doing great. Um, so, Purring Mantis, how did you get connected with with the Mostly Muff annual show? Uh, so, there was like a previous group before Purring Mantis called Girl Crew, which is like everyone in Purring Mantis was in that group previously. I mean, some members aren't in Purring Mantis, but anyways, it was like a reformation 
of the girl crew um, becoming like a different kind of cover band. Like girl crew was uh, 90s hip hop covers and uh, praying mantis. Uh, we're like deciding to like change theme every year, but this theme this year was uh, 90s femme rock music. So I was just asked by uh, Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey Swope, who's uh, known as Bijou, um, musically and artistically. Uh, yeah, she's in the group, and she asked me to be in it. So. Okay, and so it's for cool. people who uh, who didn't have the luxury of going to that concert, you play keyboard. But then the curiosity, yeah. the curiosity to me is that. So I would guess that most of Purring Mantis is probably in their twenties. And sure. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you, these nineties pop tunes and they were, they were all over the place, but for the most part, so you're doing Alanis Morissette and Mazzy star and Fiona Apple. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So like these were, these were, uh, it was pop music on the radio for me, but like, what, what did these songs <laughs> to a, a 20 year old, what, you know, what kind of place, what role do these songs have in, in your guys' life? Um, I mean, I definitely didn't grow up listening to this. It was like something I discovered probably in the 2010s sometime. Um, but I guess for me, like musically, uh, one of the, the songs that was like my, it was my pick was criminal by Fiona Apple. I feel like that was something that when I found Fiona Apple, it was something that definitely inspired me um, as a musician, like as a young person and musician. Um, yeah, I guess like some of the songs definitely remind me of my mom uh, and like what she listened to. Yeah. Uh, like she was really into Alanis Morissette. So when I told her that we were doing You Ought to Know, she was super pumped. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, uh -huh. I think like for me, it's like, it's just the attitude that a lot of the female rockers in the 90s had. It's a, it's not like a style or like an attitude that a lot of um, people in like popular music have anymore. They're kind of like in your face. And I mean, I guess it's it's sort of the same way, but not the way that they did it in the 90s. Definitely like more punkish and stuff so hmm. i guess that, that was inspiring yeah and and you guys were great every year i'm super impressed by uh the whole the whole thing the whole mostly muff show is always just so amazing i know i but the thing that always impresses me so the girl crew is always so solid but then your drummer this year was was a new drummer if i'm correct and yeah mm -hmm. and so was this something uh, she had a skill for already or did she learn how to drum? Because it's always so impressive, the rhythm section at both Mostly Muff and, and the girl crew. Yeah, totally. Um, so Riley, uh, she was in girl crew. She played keys though, and that's her general instrument. Um, she also plays harp and like a variety of other things. But yeah, this was like her first performance as a drummer, which was super awesome because she kicked ass. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Um, yeah, she was so awesome. Um, it was her first show playing drums. Uh, she, I mean, she like knew drums before, but this was definitely like a intensive 
practicing period for her as well as like for like most of the band like Kelsey just had a baby so she's like been out of commission musically for a little bit so she was like getting her guitar chops back and with playing the set and I had never played guitar uh, so much in a band before like I played a little bit of like guitar well like in most of the songs actually but yeah so that was a new experience for me so like we, we all kind of like took on some new roles or like some old new roles I suppose okay so then um how many uh mostly muff shows have you been to actually this was my first one because I just turned 21 so I've never <laughs> been able to go to any um uh, but yes, by I mean also by saying that I am the youngest member of Praying Mantis, so I, they've all been to a bunch of mostly mushrooms. Sure. And so, what did you, for our listeners, what did you think about this year's mostly muff offering? It was so cool. So mostly muff doing Led Zeppelin. So it was like very intense. Like I can't even imagine trying to rehearse those songs. Um, so, like, for them to pull it off is, like, super impressive. Um, and, yeah, as my, my, my first experience with Mostly Muff, it was definitely um, up to expectation, I suppose, because I'd heard so much about them. Um, but, yeah, there was definitely some moments uh, when they were playing some of those songs that really, like, brought the songs to life. Like, Cashmere, when they played Cashmere, they brought up some horns um and it i don't know very elaborate and just i was feeling on that one for sure <laughs> that was great hmm so yeah that's interesting so like led zeppelin is something that i did in a big way but that's also because uh out of led zeppelin grew what amounted to the pop music of the 80s which was like it's so weird to think about that um butt rock was like pop music in the 80s that like <laughs> you'd come home from school and watch def leppard on mtv you know like that yeah. that's normal it's not like it was it wasn't dance music i mean there certainly was dance mm-hmm. music but um yeah so it's 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 interesting to think you know that for me like the mostly muff is always like this this nostalgia show where where it's tapping into to my childhood and and boy they really sold the led zeppelin in a big way like uh yeah <laughs> i have to say that like ivy's bass playing and the drumming in that outfit just incredible like man yeah seriously that uh you know that's not easy what they're doing and and just Flawless. It was amazing. I love that show every year. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, yeah, yeah but then my next favorite thing every year is Tree Fort. And so how long have you been associated with Tree Fort in, a, in an official capacity? Official capacity? Um, well, last fort, I was an intern. I started working with them like in September of 2016. Uh, I started writing blogs, which is like a very large part of what I still do. Um, So I don't know, Um, like writing, I guess like getting the content and then like putting it on to what you see on the Truthfort website is, that's mostly me. Um, It is like a team effort, which is like one of my favorite things about Treefort. 
uh, working at True Florida, I guess, is like, it's not like you have this role and, and uh, it's everyone like works together really well and um, takes one for the team a lot of the time. But anyways, um, I also this year like have been now like a actual official worker, I suppose, um, doing blogs, but also um, working a lot with like the public relations, which I guess I was doing as well, but like more in an official capacity. Like um, I'm like a person that press, contact I guess for like um like inquiries of getting into the festival um and just general inquiries before the festival begins um as their like press are venturing into what is to become tree fort 2018 okay so then this is interesting as a young person do you do most of your work on your phone I mean, or do you work at a computer with a traditional keyboard setup? Are you comfortable? Um, yeah. <laughs> I have both, I guess. I mean, I like traditionally, I am at my laptop most of the time for all of this work. Um, but like, I am like, I can be working remote from my phone. I don't, de I don't desire to do that though. It's kind of, it's not as easy to multitask and such but yeah i can do it <laughs> <laughs> have you ever written a term paper on your phone <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> do you know people that do that um no okay I? <laughs> uh, no i'm just wondering if that's a thing or not like <laughs> i don't i don't think it's a thing okay but so then you have to be really comfortable um, with email and answering email and being organized and, and you know, what's, what's that like? Um, for me, I think it's a pretty simple task. I would say, like, I was a communications manager at Boise State, so that's kind of like a key characteristic, I suppose, in a communications student is that they're organized. Um, so not difficult. I mean, we corresponded by email and look what happened. <laughs> <laughs> look what happened. Here you are. And and so then um in an unofficial capacity, how many tree forts have, have you been to? So, I went to my first one in 2013 and I didn't go the entire time. I was only there for two days, like Saturday and Sunday. Um, and it was, as I was in high school, so um, I don't know, it was a new experience for me. I, I didn't had no idea that like Tree Fort was a thing. I had come upon it by accident because I, I just started getting into like some hip indie music and I was really into Animal Collective at the time and they were one of the headliners that year. They actually ended up canceling, but um, I ended up having a great time anyways. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And then I didn't go in 2014 because I was in the Philippines because family stuff. But uh, in 2015, I went just for one day. So, like, I wasn't, like, fully, in like, embellished into anything until 2016. That was the first year that I went the entirety of, and I also performed in it for the first time with LED at the Rose Room. Now, I think, okay, but did LED perform 
What year did they perform? They performed in 2015. Um, They performed in 2015 for the first time, um, but that was before I had joined. I joined in the fall of 2015, um, and they did like a small performance in 2015, but I had no association to them yet. uh, Was the LED performance one year with like animal masks? What year is that? That was the 2016 one. That was the first year that I was a part of Tree Fort playing. Yeah, that was at the Rose Room. That and was wasn't that wild, year, so. yeah, like a hot ticket where the line was all the way around the block? and. But, yeah, that seems to be a trend with LED at Tree Fort because last year we were at the Egyptian Theater and that was a... Was that a sold out show? Yeah, the Magic Sword. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and that was also like also a very long line around the block kind of situation. Uh, a lot of my friends didn't even see me play because <laughs> they couldn't get in. Yeah, because everyone's trying. Well, because Magic Sword performed with the Philharmonic, and so yeah. everyone was going yeah. to LED because they wanted to see LED, but they also wanted to be in the room for Magic Sword. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, and then Electric Coconut, how long has that been a, a thing? Um, so we start, Ben, so like my guitarist Ben Sargis and I, we were in a previous band together called Lost Summer, which is like not notable at all, but plugging that in. Anyways, um, we started Electric Coconut after that band uh, dissolved. And it took us a while to get on our feet. I guess last year, 2017, was our like our first active year. We got into Tree Fort, and that was actually our first performance. Um, and where so, did you perform? Yeah. Uh, we got a slot at the Lennon Building on Friday at 5 last year, which was on a bill with Xenia Rubinos. Yeah. Which was super awesome. They were super awesome. Yeah, it was a great show. So that was like a really great uh, beginning to our band, I suppose. It was a good start. Well, how did you get connected with LED? So um, I also work at Boise Rock School. I started working there when I got into college in 2014. Um, Yeah, my boss, Ryan Peck, he's best friends with the main guy of LED, Andrew Stensis, they were in a band together called Edmund Dante's. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, I yeah I actually got uh, asked to like play a song with Edmund Dante's at like probably their last gig, which was like Alive After Five in 2015, and I played like one song with them, and that was kind of like my audition to getting into LED. Um, they also like. They also both saw the last Lost Summer show, which was in 2015, um, and that's like that was when he like officially offered me uh, to play in LED, and I've been with them ever since, and it's been lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and then, are you professionally trained at the keyboard in some fashion, or is this something that you're yourself taught? Um. So. I've taken like lessons in both voice and piano um, as a kid growing up and whatnot. Uh, I would say, I mean, I never did any like training in college, but it's definitely 
things that I have like been like music is like a traditional uh, activity of mine. <clears throat> I also was like I grew up playing violin, so another like classically trained thing. Um, I don't know. Were yeah. you in the orchestra <laughs> then? Yes, and choir. I was that music kid. Uh, all, taking all my electives up and being like in two choirs or two orchestras or whatever it was. Oh, and so then all your tree forts up to this point, you've been under 21. Is that right? Yeah, this is my first one. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not necessarily like because of drinking or anything. No, just you have access around. to shows. Because yeah. I noticed like, uh, I believe... Thunder Pussy this year, if you wanted to see them, you'd have to be 21 because I think they're at both Hannah's and The Shredder. Is The Shredder... Well, The Shredder's actually all ages now. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So, no, you can't. You can do it. You can do it. Um, but yeah, like, for example, last year, I didn't get to see... Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. They're the Meat Puppets at the Neuralex on Wednesday night. I wanted to see them really bad, and I couldn't go. So that was a bummer. But <laughs> so things like that won't be happening this year. Last year, you could have seen the Meat Puppets at the Record Exchange. Did you do that? No, I have so many things. Oh, wait, when did they do that? Was that on Friday or something? Or Thursday? Yeah. I don't know. That's, it was so, that's the other thing. It was the an afternoon. Is like, uh, okay. Yeah, the other thing about... Uh, like working with Tree Ford is that you <laughs> you do a lot of like I I don't know I ended up doing a lot of work during the festival year, yeah during the fest um, but my goal this year is to not do as much work so it's like prep more I guess yeah I prepped as much as I could have last year considering I was like a student and whatnot but considering if this is my like job or one of my jobs. Um, I can like definitely get be more prepared on my side of things. Yes, I have the exact same. Uh, I think <laughs> I don't know how many years it's been for at least at least five years, but maybe maybe no, probably five years. I've taken that entire week off of work every every mm -hmm. year, and then as a member of the the press corps for Tree Fort. I try to get all my work done before the festival so that I can just enjoy it, and then I'll do wrap-ups after mm -hmm. the fact. But the interesting thing that happened last year was um, being, you know, so as a member of the press corps, you're part of a list, and then the list goes out to all the different PR folks, and then they start contacting you and want to, like, start mm -hmm. connecting and... and uh, setting up interviews and stuff. And so, yeah, I'm going to this year maybe try and be more open to that and do things, you know, from the fly because uh, that's the interesting thing. When these bands go on these big tours, you know, they want to try and make the most of every stop. And so that might mean mm -hmm. like doing little interviews and stuff in Boise, Idaho at the uh, the Oahe. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> So what's new for Tree Fort 2018? Um, 
in terms of like venue or show or what's exciting or what are you know what are people buzzing about or um i think one of the things is like the lineup um of course (laughs) but one is like like pussy riot coming i think that that's a big deal um they're not on like any other I don't think they do shows like in America very often. Um, and if they do, like not very many. Uh-huh. So it's pretty extreme and extraordinary that they're coming to uh, Boise for such a great occasion. Yes. And I think that definitely speaks to like the the older set on some level. I know that a lot of my friends are really excited about that and they're playing – Saturday at eleven twenty-five yep. at the El Cora Shrine. Yep. Um, what do you happen to know? What happens at the main stage? Is that um, that's Andrew WK night? Is that correct? yeah? Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah. So I think that could be. <laughs> I mean, it's always interesting to see how Eric and his team make everything flow so that we don't have yeah. like a, a like a bottleneck but i i imagine that that's going to be impossible not to create a giant bottleneck and so you're going to want to get to the shrine early if you want to see pussy yeah riot. definitely or get a zipline pass <laughs> yes you know what actually it seems like this is the thing that i'm hearing a lot of my friends have done like they just don't want to mess with it they want they want to so explain to listeners what a zipline pass is um a zipline pass i suppose sounds exactly like it sounds um <laughs> you zip right past the line and you get into like any venue that still has capacity that you're still available to go to and stuff so you go um, to the there's... front of the line and you're the first as soon as well, I think there's technically a separate line. So there's like the normal line, and then there's like the zip line line, and so you can zip right up to the zip line line. So there you go. Um, it's a pretty limited pass. There's only like 300. I don't know how many are left either. So huh. kind of one of those get on it kind of things. Oh yeah. So it looks like. The 299 zipline pass is sold out, but now there's the 339 zipline pass. Yep. Only 300 available. Interesting. Uh, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> who are you super excited to see? Um. So besides Pussy Riot, I would say Conan Moccasin is my um. Number one, I mean, of course, like George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic, like I never imagined I would have seen them. Uh, So that's really cool. But Conan Moccasin is uh, one of my favorite, like more current artists. And yeah, when I found out that they were coming to Treefort, uh, that was like a really exciting moment for me because I don't know, they, he's also like another person who's not really touring very much these days um i don't think he's like doing very many other festivals if any so it's another like really special pull in that tree grabbed so in your role with the 
do you guys think of yourself as press for it? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I talked to Sean Ockett last year and, and he he talked about decor for it, you know, so like that was that was a thing. I'm just so mm-hmm. then do you guys have to work during a show? I know there are members like PR folks that are like tweeting and taking pictures. Do do you have to do that kind of stuff too? Um I that's like more of the so the communications team is like what we're generally called like starting this year that was like because we realized there was like a divide between the marketing team and like the PR team even though we do like very similar things yes. of course with like different outcomes but like we just decided to like put, merge it all together um so yeah I'm, like it's the marketing team that tends to do like the live social media kind of stuff though like um Marissa Level and I will do like some stuff here and there depending on if like we're at a show or something um and no one else is like taking footage of or something you know so uh it's definitely not like our first priority but we tend to do more stuff of course with like press so like talking to them helping them um get uh interviews or you know clarification or like the things that maybe they want to cover um just trying to help press get the story that they want to get i suppose and does the press is there anything new so (laughs) this is the story that i like to tell people there was a year that the press room the tree fort official press room was downstairs in the uh elcora shrine and so that there was really (laughs) yeah there was a separate press entrance at the shrine but the secret thing that the press figured out was that when the shrine was at capacity, you could go in the press entrance and then get in and not have to yeah. wait, not wait in the line. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. sounds like that should be a thing still. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, um, well, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, once like they the tree fort's always good about figuring out those little. Those little things, you know, so it's like, well, this isn't fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, oh, no, I forgot. I didn't know. Oh. Uh, Wait, what's new? Yeah. <laughs> Anything? Um, well, nothing too new. Like last year, the press room was at the Oahe. It's still at the Oahe. It's just going to be in a different place. Um, it's going to be in like a super huge room, but we're going to like try to like make like a corner for the press. <laughs> Or like that sounds like we're pushing you guys in the corner, but no, it's like it's just like a really big room, so there's no way we could like create a huge press room that size. But yeah, it'll be cool. They had separate interview rooms. Will there still be that kind of, of available spaces for? Mm, so we will have interview space. Um, I'm sure. That, that's that's something like we're we're like in this what's cool about this year is like we're kind of designing it better like I feel like there's been years in the past where it's kind of just like thrown together and like here you go press like but we're trying to make the press room more approachable and comfortable this year so if that's definitely like something that we'll create um so hopefully yeah two space <laughs> at least two separate interview spaces but as I said it's like a large room so we'll have to create it in ourselves and 
what in terms of like the number of press every year do you feel like it it continues to grow with the festival oh totally um we usually have like under 200 but i think this year we might be at like 200 ish um so yeah and like there's i feel like there's I mean, of course, we're asking more people to come, like bigger people or whatnot, you know, big publications. But also, like, a ton of other publications are coming to us instead of us kind of, like, being like, hey, this is a cool thing. Um, so it's really cool to see, like, people kind of figuring it out on their own <laughs> and coming to us. Yeah. I keep waiting for, like, uh, what is his name? Bob? Broylan, the guy who does the tiny desk stuff at NPR. Like, oh yeah. I'm I'm like, when is he gonna figure out Tree Fort and then end up start coming every year? But they do Yeah, totally. South by Southwest in such a giant way. That's actually a question yeah. I have. Um it used to be that the festival pretty much was always during Boise School District spring break. But is it set? Yeah. <laughs> is it set every year based on when South by Southwest is, or does who determines when the festival is and and how? Um, I suppose that's a good question. Um, so I don't think. I mean, I think it had sort of something to do with uh, the university's like or school break. Um, but as, yeah, as you pointed out, it it is the week after this year, which everyone is like. I don't know. There's mixed. There's mixed opinion about it. I think. I mean, I'm not in school, but I think it's kind of cool that uh, it's the week after, so you can like treat your tree fort hangover. Yes. For a week, um, but it's also like undesirable because you might be in school the week of tree fort. But anyways, um, but yeah, it is more geared towards being after South by Southwest. So I yeah. So I feel like that's generally the idea is um, to pick up, like, people are on the road already. And so if we can catch anyone, catch the wind, and push them this way, that's yes. kind of more the idea, I suppose, than, like, the school break. So I wonder, and I kind of wonder if, like, the school real, schools realize that, too, because I think that's just kind of a strange change. I don't know, like, if if that means anything, <laughs> but it is kind of weird that that was like the first time that's happened. Yeah. And then there was the year and maybe it was two years ago when it was Easter Sunday, Treaster Fort. Oh yeah. 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 I remember that. I think that was, uh, 2015. Yeah. Well, so what was your, what were some of your 2017 highlights? Ooh, hmm. Let's see. Well, of course, Mac DeMarco. I had seen Mac DeMarco already um, in San Francisco, but seeing him at home is kind of, you know, it's a different. It's different when you see big artists like that coming to, like, your stomping grounds. Like, to see him at the El Cora Shine was just really cool. Well, he played um, all over, too. So he played the main stage. Yeah. 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 So I saw both shows, but like um, I didn't see the whole El Cora Shrine show because I saw Zenia Rubina that night instead at the Linen Building. But I did, so I didn't. I missed the entire line thing 
I just went straight in at the encore of Mac DeMarco. And like he plays, he played like a, I don't know, 30 to 40 minute encore that night. <laughs> okay. So I didn't, I missed, I missed like the actual show, but I'm, I, I got to see them like messing around and, uh, yeah, just playing songs, silly songs, covering stuff and whatnot. Um, I don't know. And like the, seeing people at the El Cora though, I think is like a little cooler than seeing them at the main stage. Just, a little more intimate um not yeah yeah I, I don't know main stage they don't seem to get as like rowdy mac definitely didn't i mean he still like did his mac thing and stage dived and was being all funny but like i don't know i just think that they definitely had a more lively time at the el cora yeah and so i note with interest that pussy riots at El Cora and not on the main stage. I wonder if that was kind of part of that thought process, you know? Hmm, yeah. To try and um, just, the energy is going to be so crazy anyway. Like, I don't know. You know. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like how like a 2016 uh, Coco Rosie, right? Yeah. Like, am I thinking of the right one? Yeah. So they only did a show with the, Alcora, um, but that, they were like a big, like, deal that year. So I don't know. I, I yeah, I don't actually really know the reason why that would be how it is. Um, but I'm down. I'm down with it. I'm cool. I'm cool with seeing Pussy Riot at the Alcora. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and then it seems like the fun thing about. I'm introduced, so I'm introduced to to folks that I've never heard of or seen before, and so it seems like oh, one of the nights on the main stage, there's some interesting stuff going. I've never heard of Princess Nokia. Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like another. You were talking earlier about how you think uh, Gilbert is really great at uh, curating yes. things with his team. And I think that, like, that was another no- thing I noticed when I saw the schedule. Um, ending the ending tree floor with no- Princess Nokia on the stage, I feel like it's going to... I don't know, it's always exciting when they, like, make things... Like, I don't know. I can just see that being, like, a really cool ending. She's, like, really... Um, I don't know. Her music's really energetic, <laughs> I guess. Or, like, I mean, it's, like, rap. And it's, like something you can definitely get down to well and then also like not just only that on the that's like closing the main stage but then closing the alcora on sundays of course built to spill which is like that happens like almost every year <laughs> but i think it's a i think it's a beautiful way of ending tree fort um just because uh it kind of brings it back to like this is a boise festival um and i don't know well, Very cool. if you want to talk about like Boise Festival, I mean, so that I don't, which I think it's at the, uh, I need to look now. Boise Music Festival? No, no, <laughs> no uh, <laughs> I'm saying uh, one of the nights at uh, the Neurolux, the tree people with the dirt fishermen. So, like, that is. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, that's, that that'll be, 
Oh yeah, that's yeah. Friday night. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I've never seen tree people, so I'm definitely excited for that. Um, one, like, I mean, seeing them one of those nights. There was definitely one year where there was an impromptu tree people reunion at Tree Fort um, because oh, dang. Um, because everyone was kind of there and it just worked out. Mm-hmm. But they only did like. Awesome. three songs or something that's like oh my gosh um but so to see them that's still so cool it, yeah <laughs> and then you know somebody else that uh is it it seems like it's flying under the radar is uh this dub narcotic music selector or um i, I think that's what the the group is called Selector. Dub- uh, are they at the knitting factory? No, it's it's the shredder, I think. About? But selector dub narcotic. I, but I think that's basically Calvin Johnson, who is in Halo Benders with Doug. You know, so like. Oh. So if something they're along all, those lines, all over the place. it really is. <laughs> and so if it would not. Shock oh yeah, me. that is on Friday. That's on Saturday. That's yeah. like they're on the same bill as Tree People, and yeah, and Toy Zoo. Okay, that so too. that there could be some Halo like. In the 90s, one of my first... I was in a band, too. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, <laughs> like our first show was st- playing the Crazy Horse opening for the Halo Benders. And so it's like, you know, there's a whole history here. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a good tree fort for sure. Yeah, it is. But so you guys, the Electric Coconuts, kicking off the festival, which is always... Mm-hmm. So, like, you guys have the first set at the Shrine, is that right? Yeah, yeah, the whole festival. It's, a, it's pretty exciting. I think it's a it's a cool slot um, opening for, like, being on a lineup with Colts. Yeah. Like, they're the headliner that night. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Um, everyone should go. <laughs> what else is there to do, you know? <laughs> Just, um, and yeah, then just as we're winding down, you know, deep, what is, what's the plan um, for both electric coconut and led? What's, what's, what can we expect? Where, when does led play? And uh, what are you guys going to do? Um, so I guess with coconut, uh, you can expect um, some groovy jams. Uh, you can expect to want to dance a little. Um, there's also some like weird, uh, I mean, we do have some kind of like weird changes and like things in our music that make it kind of different, but I think it's musically, um, exciting kind of music. Uh, we're going to play probably like a new song or two. So that's that. Um, LED is playing Saturday at the Alcora as well at 640. Uh, so like on the same bill as Pussy Riot and Zola Jesus uh, later that night. Um, but LED, I guess I can't, I don't really actually know because we're, we're we haven't, we're going to start meeting tomorrow. Um, but that's, that's interesting. And so because LED is dance and music together. Oh yeah. So you guys, uh, do you rehearse separately? So like the band will rehearse yeah. and then later you start putting it together. Yeah, we put it together later. But actually, what's special about this year is that everyone's doing separate things. Like, the dancers are going to be doing... Um, a, I mean, Andrew's still going to, like, make 
like intimate minimal music with them but just andrew like with the dancers and it's going to be it's kind of like a secret show so um can't really say much about it but you should um definitely keep your ears peeled for what the dancers are doing because they're i don't know it's going to be like a really special kind of like limited capacity kind of um shows that they're doing um during tree fort anyways um so yeah led the band is performing at the el cora so that's what i'm talking about is the 640 show on saturday but led the the band band. performs with dancers or no yeah we do but not this year (laughs) but not this year is that yeah yeah, we usually do, but this is like the we wanted to do something different because, like, I feel like um, this is also like a goal of LEDs is to uh, be accessible, and I feel like we've you know done so many different things. We've like packed out the rose room, and we've sold out like the Egyptian with magic sword. And this year we're kind of doing a different thing. So I feel like, like if you want to see LED in any capacity, you can do it in more, in more like intimate ways. Then I feel like also having LED be just like a band show um, that kind of brings a different audience in to people who might not like, might not be interested, you know, in like a performance art kind of thing or, or they are, but like, it's usually sold out or something not saying we can't sell out the, the El Cora, but I just doubt we will you know so I feel like more people will like be able to see what we got going on um so yeah it's more it's kind of exciting also like we can the band can we can just like be a band and I think that that's something that um in past years we've lacked the ability to do just because like when we play with dancers, they, we need to play like a specific tempo. Like we can't like speed the song up just cause we're excited <laughs> or like slow it down. Cause we're feeling it. You know, it's like, we have to be like exactly on tempo or else like we could, I mean, they're professional dancers so they can do, they'll be fine. But, um, but you know, they like, they want to, and we have to do it a specific way. We can't just like take longer solos and jam out. So it's like if you want to see that kind of LED, we're we're gonna we're gonna be doing that kind of stuff. We're gonna be doing the band stuff. We're gonna be jamming, taking long solos, uh, rocking your face off. So yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be cool. Well, that was forty two minutes. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Yeah, thank you. You bet. You've been listening to Angel of Eye on 42 Minutes, production of SickBook Radio. For more information about tickets for Treefort, visit treefortmusicfest.com. For more information about the SyncBook, our guests, to check out past shows or to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, please be sure and visit our website at thesyncbook.com. Of course, all the uh, all the past years of Treefort bands are available at our our website and we have a search engine where you could could just type in tree fort and it will pull up everyone we've talked to in the past like uh, we've done interviews with deluxe and magic sword uh sunblood stories last year so anyone you know we have tons of archives of tree fort shows and you should check them out we've done i think a few interviews with Gilbert, we did one with uh, James Lloyd, I've got one with um, Megan 
and Eric together and um, Sean Ockett last year. Lot, lots, of, lots of great Tree Fort stuff in the 42 Minutes archives. Uh, all this and more can be found at thesyncbook.com. Thanks so much. And everybody is identical in their secret, unspoken belief that way down deep, they are different from everyone else. Paint a picture of this feeling. Get our fingerprints on the ceiling. From the chandelier, we'll be swinging. From the speakers, our ears will be ringing. Put your archips in a tune, shake up a bag.